If you're quarantined in Kentucky right now, you are in good company because Tony Remington, class of 1992, is at the helm of a diagnostics lab that's close to processing 2,000 COVID-19 tests in a single day. How did Tony get ahead of the coronavirus and how is gravity helping to get us out of it? I'm Kristen Livingston and this is How I'm Making It Through. I unknowingly had the privilege of interviewing Tony Remington on April 8th, his birthday. He turned 50. I'm fairly confident in saying he didn't imagine spending the day at an epicenter of coronavirus testing. How did he get here? After graduating from Bentley with a marketing degree, Tony spent a couple of decades in healthcare sales. Today, he's the co-founder, president, and CEO of Gravity Diagnostics, a pharmacogenomics lab. What's pharmacogenomics? Basically, they take genes and drugs, the genomics, and pharma, and try to figure out how your DNA might predispose you to reacting positively or negatively to certain drugs, upending the one-size-fits-all approach to prescriptions and tailoring it to you. Gravity has actually been partnering with Bentley since 2018 on a study to see how DNA influences opioid addiction. We've been around four years. We were always uh, what's called a CLIA laboratory, licensed in all 50 states, and we were doing toxicology, uh, pharmacogenetic testing, and then we started doing upper respiratory testing about two years ago, looking at like bacterial, fungal, and viral infections. So I'm not a physician, but when you have flu-like symptoms, most of the time the doctor would do like a rapid flu test, and then they'll give you some sort of, um, you know, prescription based on, you know, that result. Well, you can go deeper on that and look at all the pathogens. Like we do over 30 uh, pathogens aka germs. You might have a, fa a fungal uh, or a bacterial viral infection versus, you know, quote unquote, the flu, right? So you'll bump into people that are like, oh, you know, I thought I had the flu, but I tested negative, but I still don't feel well, right? But there's other things. And so we were always doing that. And so we would do about 70 of those samples a day with our current customers. Um, and we were having like a record year month, you know, in February, we did more than we did in January, but it was probably about 70 a day, maybe a thousand samples for the whole month. And then COVID-19 came about, um, in China and in January, my main PhD just came to us and said, Hey, should we try to, you know, validate this? And we, we said, yeah, go for it. But without any expectation or knowledge that we'd be where we are today. With that January green light, Tony and his team were ahead of a game most of us didn't even know we were playing yet. COVID-19 was previously thought to be a form of pneumonia reported on New Year's Eve 2019, hence COVID-19. It didn't become an actual public health crisis by the World Health Organization until the end of January. It didn't even have a name until February 11th, and many of us didn't start sheltering in place until mid-March. As of the final editing of this recording, the CDC estimates more than 632,000 cases in the U.S., with almost 31,000 lives stolen by this virus. I hate cliches, but when I think of the lack of test kits, the temporary morgues, I hear that line from Titanic, there aren't enough lifeboats, not enough by half. But by getting ahead of this crisis, Tony and his teams, 50 people in the Kentucky lab and 120 on the sales side in Florida, They've been able to rocket launch production. We never thought it'd be this uh, big this quickly. 
Um, but what we did see that where I think we had some, um, we were kind of ahead of uh, the, the media, uh, what was being said is we saw the scarcity of product, um, whether it be the, you know, needing gloves and gowns to actually prep the samples or whether it mean the swabs, you need to run the samples or the reagents or, you know, we, we, we did see that ahead of time. And so we went out and bought about a half million dollars of new instrumentation. We started hiring, hired 13 new people already um, during this time. So we were able to kind of get ahead of this probably more than other companies our size or other labs like us. And we're building our capacity to be able to do, you know, two, three, four thousand a day. Wow. So in the next week or so, we'll be doing a couple thousand samples a day. That's incredible. And you guys have a 48 hour turnaround? It's kind of interesting because whenever someone says 24 to 48 hours, especially if I'm a Bentley grad, you know, I'm like, well, that those are two different numbers. Like, which one is it? Um, and the reason we say that is because it depends on when we get the sample. So uh, UPS comes to our lab at 630 in the morning every day or six days a week, Monday through Saturday. They come at 630 in the morning. So if we get that sample at 630 in the morning, we're going to report that back to that clinician a lot of the times by the end of the day. The sample's coming in at 6.30, we're getting out that day, uh, unless it's missing some information or something like that that slows us down. Can you walk me through the process? Because I think for most Americans, I don't think we really understand how these tests are created. I think Theranos and the Edison box that promised everything with a drop of blood but delivered basically nothing. I watched that uh, movie with intensity. I can tell you a whole another side story about that. But um no, so, so what we're doing is we're using instrumentation from Thermo Fisher. As a laboratory, you have to create methodology and validate that your results are accurate. So I can take the Thermo uh, Fisher instrumentation and their reagents and create my own method to get a result on a, a, a test, right? Whether it's urine toxicology or pharmacogenetics, or in this case, upper respiratory testing. And then I have to show that my methodology gets me an accurate result every time. Tony's transmission cut out a little bit here, but the next steps are to get samples from other labs and validation from state labs. And in this scenario, because it was a national emergency, the FDA uh, is involved and they came up with something called an uh, emergency authorization. We had already done a couple thousand of these samples, like I said earlier, for different types of, um, I'll use the word pathogens. So we already had a bunch of methodology and validation uh, in the building of knowledge. Um, and so we had to just add this, uh, this you know, pathogen or virus to that and prove that our uh, methodology was accurate. So what does a COVID-19 test actually entail? Tony says you'll hear the term kit, but it's really a swab. So either a small paintbrush or a sophisticated Q-tip. The swabs are overnighted to gravity, who then enters the data and moves the swab to an extraction area where the DNA is taken. The scientists run the test, make the call, and two others review the result for quality control. We've been working with the inpatients and the first responders at the hospitals that need results quickly. Um, and that partnership with the state of Kentucky, I don't know if you read about that, uh, there was a governor press conference on Sunday that we're the lab partner for the 30 plus community hospitals that need um, help. Governor Andy Bashir also announced that Kentucky is partnering with Kroger, a national grocery chain, to launch free drive-through COVID-19 testing across the state. Right now, these free tests are limited to healthcare workers, first responders, seniors, and individuals with chronic health conditions. 
and gravity will be processing all of those samples. In fact, gravity has processed more than 4,000 tests since the outbreak, with a goal of running up to 2,000 samples a day in the next week, reaching 4 to 5,000 tests a day by May. You know, what I've been trying to do is just, you know, whether it's family, friends, or people that I know is just say, look, it's all about isolation. It's all about social distancing. It's all about all of the things we're all doing, but it's also about testing, right? And right now, everyone's running through walls to test people more than we are, you know, we, we can. And what my analogy to you would be, you know, toilet paper is still hard to find four weeks later, right? So even if we come out with amazing instrumentation and all the diagnostic companies are do amazing things, you're still gonna have a lag in you know, kind of the availability of the, the, the swabs or the kits or whatever you wanna call it. So I think the only thing that we were doing probably better than most in our space was seeing that this wasn't gonna end anytime soon. Um, and so I think we just were using our common sense going, I can't get Sandy wipes, you can't get Clorox wipes. So how are you gonna make 300 million kits in a week, right? And so, you know, that was about, four weeks ago that we were feeling that. I would say now with the programs the state and federal government are doing, which I think the government's been amazing at running through walls to, to, to do all they can. Um, you know, we are getting there, you know, so I think that there's, there's massive positive momentum, but I think testing will need to be done for several more months, not weeks. And yeah. quite frankly, I think healthcare has kind of changed in a lot of ways, um, you know, a year from now terms of you know different type of testing we'll probably do on a regular basis that we didn't do in the past yeah you said you're you're aiming to ramp up what do you see as the goal for the next couple of months uh you know we have our moments where we're tapped out and we don't know if we can take on any more but i think our our passion and mission has just been help as many people as we can so we're already running two shifts a day we're running a full shift on saturday we'll probably start doing a shift on sunday and so our goal is to be able to do, you know, 25,000 tests a week, you know, so, you know, four to 5,000 a day, you know, one week you can't get instruments the next week you can't get swabs, you know, it's, it's a So even if you and I said, Hey, let's build a lab to do a hundred thousand a day. It's not that simple because of all the moving parts. So um, we've been kind of fortunate to be scrappy and not, accept no and find ways to get the supplies we need. I think we've always been about paying it forward, thinking outside of the box, trying to make an impact, change medicine, do something different. So when we started to see this happening, we didn't really slow down. We didn't let any, you know, we, we started saying we need gloves, we need gowns, we need swabs. We, we blew out a wall, we doubled our, you know, we just kind of ran and went for it. It's hard to be proud of anything when there's a daily death toll in the thousands, but I did ask Tony, is he proud? It's, it's been, it's complicated, right? I mean, um, whether you're a parent at home, homeschooling your children, or you're, you know, my mother who's isolated by herself in Florida, or, you know, someone at Gravity, I mean, I think we all have different challenges and uh, different highs and lows, you know, so I think it's nice to be part of the solution and be able to be distracted in a good way right now. Um, and it does feel good to see the four years of putting this thing together come, you know, be able to help people and, and make a difference. So yeah, it's good. I mean, it, 
it's hard to be too excited about anything right now. Um, I haven't seen my kids in four weeks and, um, you know, there's a lot of people that have lost their jobs and, you know, just not good stories out there, but it is nice, I think, to keep a little positive energy during this to, to you know, to seeing our employees come together. We didn't have one employee walk away from, you know, that it's been just area companies and the government and just, you know, whether it's the guy dropping off your packages or, you know, the local restaurants. I mean, it's been an awesome thing to see, you know, we'll get through this. Our country's amazing. We always do, you know, but, um, I can't say I'm like reflecting right now. Right. It's like, I think Absolutely. I told you I turned 50 today. Right. So it's like, it's my birthday and I'm not with my family and, uh, you know, I'm in Kentucky, but I feel good that I'm able to, uh, make an impact. And, you know, we, we've been giving our, we gave everyone, you know, bonuses and providing free lunch. And, you know, so we're like one of the few stories I think where we're able to like make it even better for our employees. So there's a lot of good here. I mean, there's a lot of good things happening, but personally, I'll probably reflect on this a year from now, not, not anytime soon. How I Made It is produced by me, Kristen Livingston, for Bentley University. To share your story of making it through, leave me a voicemail at 781-891-2604 or send me a message at howimadeit at bentley.edu. I wish you well, and I hope you're safe.